Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is America on the Road, named best radio show by the International Automotive Media Conference, and now in its 30th year on the air. Thanks for being with us as we bring you the latest automotive information from around the world. According to an exclusive report from Reuters, Tesla is planning an all-new $25,000 car to be introduced in the middle of next year. We'll have details on that startling development coming up. I'm sure Chris will have some thoughts on that. In other news this week, Ford is bringing in a third crew to meet the demand for the Bronco and Ranger. At the same time, it's cutting production of the F-150 Lightning electric pickup truck. So we'll have our comments on that. Plenty of comments, I imagine. And finally, an auto executive has the guts to say what so many are thinking. Despite all the hype and buzz, Toyota chairman Akio Toyota predicts EVs will only reach 30% market share. You heard that? 30% market share. We'll have more of his comments and our thoughts on that coming up. I'm Jack Red. With me is co-host Chris Teague. Back after a bout of illness uh, this past week. Are you feeling better, Chris? I've got that cough. You know, I've been reading on social media. People say, why does it feel like everybody around me has been coughing for months and months and months? That is where I am. I'm in like week six of this nonstop cough, but... I'm on my feet. I'm working. So let's <laughs> let's keep it moving. I think. Yeah, I think I'm in the last legs of that too. That three week or four week. Uh, I think maybe since Christmas, uh, long cough that I've had. Let's do a little business here. America on the Road is brought to you by DrivingToday.com, YourTestDriver.com, EmLancy.com, the publisher of my latest book, Dance in the Dark, and Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should switch to Mercury for your auto and home insurance. Californians save an average of. $670 with Mercury, so imagine how much you could save. Get a quote today at drivingtoday.com slash auto insurance. That's drivingtoday.com slash auto hyphen insurance. Well, as you listeners know, uh, Chris lives at one end of the country. I live at the other. Each week we get together to talk about cars, the car industry, how you can save some money on your car. And, of course, we road test a couple of vehicles each week. Chris, I happen to know because you told me. Uh, that you have a pretty cool car to talk about this week. Tell us about it. I do. I have my very own 2024 Toyota GR Corolla Premium to talk about this week. I finally found one, and I'm super excited to talk about it. Yeah. Well, Chris has gone off the uh, car journalist norm by buying a new car for himself as opposed to just driving other people's cars, which most of us do most of the time. I certainly do. I'll be road testing uh, Mazda's 2024 Mazda CX-50 Turbo Meridian Edition. This is their off-road version of the CX-50, and I'll tell you about that. Certainly Mazda known for on-road performance, not necessarily an off-roader, but I'll tell you a bit about that. This week, our special guest is Cody Wilhide. He is Toyota truck marketing manager and an expert on the all-new Toyota Tacoma midsize pickup. We'll chat with him about the details on that very popular truck a little later in the show. I'm sure it's a truck that you have fond thoughts about, Chris, being a Toyota Mm -hmm. fan. Uh, Before we do anything else, though, we'll bring you some of the most important auto-related news from around the world. And uh, this is kind of an eye-opener. This is reported by Hunju Jin and Joseph White, uh, two reporters for Reuters, and they really deserve some credit for for breaking this story. It's a pretty cool story. Tesla is planning to build an all-new electric vehicle by mid-2025, very affordable, mass-market electric vehicle, codenamed Redwood. 
what's your initial reaction to this? Pretty big news, isn't it? It's very big news, but we've been hearing about this for four years now, plus almost. And, <laughs> yes. and Tesla, in general, doesn't have the best track record with delivering products quickly after an announcement or a tease. You know, the Cybertruck just started a few weeks ago, and they announced it back in 2019, 2020. So um, I think Tesla needs to be given some credit for the pricing of the Model 3. It's one of the most affordable EVs on the road right now. If they can take that translate it to a smaller vehicle and kick it off with that price out of the gate, I think it'll be a winner. Yeah, it's interesting what Tesla has done over the years. I mean, they announce a product way in advance of it being introduced. Oftentimes, they they peg it to a very low price. And then when it comes to market, I mean, take Cybertruck, for example, it comes to market a lot later and it costs a lot more. And so we'll have to see. But what makes this kind of real is uh, the reporting is on the fact that they've asked suppliers and are lining up suppliers to supply for the production of this vehicle. So production is relatively imminent. Uh, Mid-2025 is imminent in car terms, that's for sure, uh, when you're lining up suppliers. So uh, they're looking to do uh, an electric vehicle that's as cheap as or cheaper than a gasoline-powered car of equivalent size. Uh, I think they're pressured a little bit by uh, BYD, the Chinese company that... uh, is building so many uh, really inexpensive electric cars for other markets, of course, the Chinese market being number one. As you said, they promised to build a, Tesla has promised to build a $25,000 car for a long time. We'll have to see what that $25,000 car costs when it comes to market, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they're able to build a supply chain with domestic uh, battery sourcing and materials to meet the tax credit rule to make it even cheaper down the road. Uh, or if they're just going to, if this is going to be one of those things where the price is the price because they're able to get these, these, components from other places where the the uh, supply chain costs are lower. So um, I'll be interested to see that. It is direly needed, though, that that price point of vehicle is direly needed. The market, it relates to the story we're going to talk about with Ford here in just a minute. Um, they're just too darn expensive. Yeah. Well, even the Model 3, and as you say, that is kind of a, squ- a screaming bargain right now, the Tesla Model 3, but it still costs 38990 is the starting price. So, uh, I mean, something that's $25,000 or even kind of $25,000 equivalent in this age of massive inflation uh, would be a, a game changer. And they're talking about a lot of volume, production volume of $10,000, 10,000 vehicles a week. You know, that's not an inconsiderable number of of uh, vehicles, isn't it? Yeah, it's worth noting that there aren't too many gas vehicles on sale for $25,000 these days either. So that is that will be quite a feat. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that happens and uh, when it happens and all that. They're apparently looking at um, the Honda Civic as maybe a, a model for this in, in terms of building a car of that size for that kind of money. Certainly the that's a very affordable vehicle and probably a good one to copy from, I guess. Yeah, a good benchmark. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see that. Well, here is Ford adding a third crew to meet demand for Bronco and and the upcoming Ranger. Bronco is just a colossal success. I mean, we've talked about that, and you're probably seeing tons of those in Maine as well. They're creating 900 new jobs and a third crew at their Michigan assembly plant for Bronco and Bronco Raptor and then the Ranger and Ranger Raptor. At the same time, (laughs) cutting production of the F-150 Lightning. I mean, your reaction to all this, Chris? Oh, man. Well, first of all, it shows that Ford, you know, it's a little bit jarring because Ford for a while struggled to keep up with production for the truck. And then, you know, all of a sudden it seems like they're now 
Uh, they have a surplus of production, so they're, they're cutting back. I think this speaks to something we've been talking about for a long time. And, you know, the weather last week in Chicago probably doesn't help the argument too much either. Uh, the EVs are too expensive. The infrastructure is too underdeveloped. And charging times, there are too many question marks, I should just say, not charging times, just question marks in, in buyers' heads about these vehicles. Um, and so... You know, maybe the cart was a little bit ahead of the horse, but uh, for Ford, it's got to sting a little bit. Yeah, I mean, what surprised me, among other things, was the fact that they put in a press release that they're cutting production and, uh, you know, kind of making this part of a, an entire story. And I guess the uh, the sugar in that medicine is the fact that they're increasing the production of other vehicles there, and that, that makes this a uh, little less bitter a pill to swallow. But that's still got to be a fairly bitter pill that this vehicle for which they had such rosy projections uh, by that I mean the F-150 Lightning is just not selling the way they hoped it would, and you know as you mentioned, pricing is a big part of that. I think if this was priced a bit better or lower, <laughs> uh, maybe they'd sell more. But there's still those kind of flaming hoops you have to jump through to have an electric vehicle, and I think uh, a lot of mass market people, a lot of you know just consumers like you and me, don't want to go through all that. Yeah, you at this point, I think, need to be pretty dedicated to the zero emissions lifestyle to put yourself through the hassle of owning an electric vehicle in a lot of places. I'm sure it's very convenient to own in some places, but a place like Maine or, you know, even in the Midwest and in some of those areas, you got to really be dedicated there. And if I'm General Motors and I'm Stellantis and I'm looking at rolling out my electric trucks, this is going to make me sweat a little bit <laughs> because, you know, they've, they've invested almost as much, if not more than Ford on some of these projects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm at uh, General Motors in particular, I'm looking... <laughs> Yeah, and going essentially all electric, or that was they were going to lead with electrics in every market. That's just maybe not the way to go. As as uh, maybe Akio Toyota would say. I mean, <laughs> what he has said is, electric vehicles will reach at most thirty percent market share. Uh, note that at most thirty percent market share, with the rest taken up by hybrids, hydrogen fuel cell, and fuel burning vehicles going forward. This isn't just a short term prediction. This is kind of a long term prediction. And um, this is something uh, he's quoted as saying, I think in a Bloomberg story, he says, customers, not regulations or politics should make that decision. By that decision, he means whether it should be gasoline or EV or what, whatever the fuel. Boy, I couldn't endorse that more. <laughs> I bet you feel the same way, Chris. Yeah, you know, we, I mean, not I, but a lot of people poo-pooed his uh, approach to this for, for a long time. You know, people in the international community in the here, here in the United States, um, I think his his foresight or his whatever the right word is there is starting to prove to be valuable given what we just talked about with Ford and, and everything else. So, um, but as you mentioned, electric vehicles have become this uniquely political issue here in the United States where that it's very divided. So, uh, you know, I don't know that we're ever going to get over that. And I think that's something that, you know, beyond the, the efficacy or the, the, the high points of EVs, that's something that automakers are, are not going to be able to get over on their own. Um, so I think that, that he might be right. I'm not going to jump on board completely, but he's not misguided, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty smart about uh, analyzing the market at Toyota. And uh, one of the things that kind of proof in the pudding here is that Toyota has announced an initiative to develop new combustion engines, right? New <laughs> conventional type engines, as opposed to going all electric. And uh, you don't uh, develop an engine in the for the short term. You develop that for long-term use. So we'll see what happens on that. Well, a lot going on, certainly. And when we come back, we will uh, be road testing two really cool cars, including Chris Teague's personal car, the GR Corolla. So stay with us for that. I was testing the Mazda CX-50 Meridian Edition. Stay with us for that, and we'll be right back right here 
on America on the Roof. Welcome back to America on the Road with Chris T. This is Jack. We're so glad Chris is back with us after a week's illness and glad to have him on the show. And um, he's going to be telling us about his personal vehicle. I mean, he put out his own money for this, something that an auto journalist uh, doesn't always do. You know, we're testing a lot of cars that uh, are other people's cars, uh, mostly car company people's cars. Uh, But tell us about this uh, car that you recently purchased, Chris. Yeah, we've talked a lot about my Toyota nerdiness. Um, This GR Corolla is now my seventh Toyota. I've owned several of them, including Lexuses I'm piling in there. But uh, this is a car I started looking for as soon as it was announced. Um, Nobody would take my order. Nobody had one. Uh, They were all marked up when they landed. Um, The car that I actually bought had been sitting on the dealer's lot since mid-October of last year, and I was able to scoop it up last week uh, at MSRP with no markup. So uh, very happy for that. If anybody's looking for one, I'll just tell you, be patient and keep looking. Um, But this is a 24 GR Corolla Premium. This jack is a new trim for the model year. Uh, Last year, it was Core, Circuit Edition, and the Limited uh, Marizzo Edition. And this year, it's Core, Premium, and then Circuit Edition is the top one. So I've got kind of the middle trim level there. Uh, pricing starts around 37 grand. Mine was, I think, 41 and some change after everything was said and done. Uh, and then you can spend, I think, 46 or so on the Circuit Edition. Before I go too far, though, have you driven this car, Jack? And what did you think if you have? I did. I, I drove the Mariso uh, Edition and I uh, reviewed it on the show probably several that, yeah. months ago. I just loved it. <laughs> I loved it a lot. I mean, I didn't want to let it go. And I never thought I could get so excited about a Corolla. That's what I said. Um, but, you know, all the cars get the same engine. The Marizzo is a little bit more, I think you get a little bit more torque with that engine and more horsepower because of the, the turbo pressure. But you get 300 horsepower, 273 pound-feet of torque out of a 1.6-liter turbocharged three-cylinder engine and a six-speed manual transmission. And this thing is running, I think it's like 26 and a half pounds of boost. So they're jamming a lot of air into this engine to get that power out of it. Um, and it sounds amazing. It's one of the loudest cars I think I've ever owned. And, and you know, it on cold start, uh, is surprisingly abrasively loud in some ways. And I actually like it. My wife is not so fond of it. But um Driving this thing, Jack, it comes with Michelin Pilot Sport 4s, and here in Maine, we don't really get above 40 degrees too often in the wintertime, and those tires are not appropriate. Uh, Bridgestone was kind enough to send me a set of Blitzak WS09s to test for this car. Uh, I slapped them on on Sunday, and as I mentioned to you earlier, I spent all morning today uh, driving it as hard as I possibly could. I'm not out of the break-in mileage yet. And I have to tell you, this car, with the dial-in all-wheel drive, you know, you can change it from 60 front, 40 rear to se- uh, 30 front, 70 rear, and then you can go 50-50 between the front and rear axle. And the the granularity of control that you have over the all-wheel drive system here is just amazing. And you really do feel a difference, in the, especially in the snow when there's, you know, you can move the car around uh, with the throttle a little bit more than on. Have you found kind of a sweet spot? I was going to ask you about that whole thing. And it's nice to know that you're playing with it. Yeah. So uh, today, this morning, I was dialing the 30 front 70 rear because I wanted to be able to throw the rear out and get some spins going. But I found that 50-50, you know, when you're driving quickly, and this is considered track mode for this car, provides the best uh, traction. It's also kind of helps the car rotate around the corners. There is some understeer and things like that. But I'm also driving on winter tires, so I'm not expecting, you know, the world out of out of these for performance. The base core trim comes with cloth upholstery. Uh, you get an 8-inch touchscreen. You do get some nice stuff in the base trim. You get a wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. You get blind spot monitoring. Uh, the premium trim adds, they call it Bryn knob, but it really is like synthetic suede. Uh, it's a much nicer seating material. I really like it. It keeps your body um, stuck in the seat. You get heated seats. I have a heated steering wheel, um, wireless charging inside. 
And Jack, one thing I want to compare this, and I'm not going to spend too long on this, but comparing it to my Golf R that I had last year, and we talked about the utility of the Golf R, the cargo space, the backseat space. This car is not that. There are some trade-offs with this car that I knew about going in, but anybody looking at this and saying, the Corolla will be my daily driver and I have a couple of kids or I have a kid and a dog or whatever, you should really go drive a Corolla and make sure that this is going to fit for you because the back seat is tighter and the car has a very sloped rear window, which for my dog means he's kind of pressed in like in a fishbowl instead of like in the golf where he could stand up and kind of turn around. Uh, the interior is otherwise very comfortable, very loud. The winter tires don't help it at all. Uh, there's not a lot of sound deadening here. So the thing I'll say is this. This car has made me enjoy driving in a way that I didn't think that it would. It's so engaging. It's raw. It's powerful. It really is focused on the experience of driving and not a whole lot else. If you think you can live with that, this car will make you really happy. Well, those are great distinctions to draw, too. I did enjoy the, the car kind of day to day because it's a blast to drive. Of course, I'm driving in uh, you know, very wonderful <laughs> driving conditions most of the time, you know, 70 degrees and sunny. Sometimes there's traffic, but otherwise not, not so much. So uh, interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And, yeah, uh, well, you know, <laughs> spending my own money on it, I hope so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was driving uh, what I consider to be a very interesting vehicle. It's a Mazda CX-50. And Mazda kind of is going a, you know, an interesting direction with their whole model lineup, right? I mean, they have kind of old school vehicles like the uh, CX-9 and CX-5. And then they have CX-30, CX-50 and those kind of things, CX-90, kind of replacement, but at the same time, uh, supplemental. And the CX-50, I think, is designed to be kind of a dual purpose vehicle, uh, especially the one uh, version I had to be both on-road performance, which is great for a, a crossover, kind of a small crossover, handy size crossover, and then have some off-road ability too. And the CX-50 comes in eight separate packages. I mean, it's kind of amazing for a vehicle that you know doesn't sell in that many, uh, that great a number, right? Uh, that they have eight different packages, two engines, two powertrain choices, naturally aspirated four-cylinder, 187 horsepower. And then the uh, engine in the, the vehicle I had, the, the four-cylinder turbocharged, 2.5-liter four-cylinder, 256 horsepower if you're running premium gas, 227 horsepower if you're running regular octane gas and you want to blow up the pistons. Uh, which you pretty much don't want to do. All-wheel drive technology is available. Pretty interesting all-wheel drive system, too, not just kind of your standard issue all-wheel drive. This vehicle comes with a lot of stuff standard for about $30,000. Uh, the CX-50 2.5 S Select is the base model. has dual-zone automatic climate control, leather-wrapped shifter, and leather-wrapped steering wheel, LED interior lights, 10.25 full-color uh, center display, you know, with that <laughs> Mazda kind of infotainment system that requires you to do mental gymnastics to get it to work. It's not that bad once you once you get on to it, but there's that. And then I had the Meridian Edition, which is considerably more money, uh, $40,000 uh, plus uh, for this. And this is essentially their outdoor version, their uh, all-terrain version. One of the ways you can figure that out is it has 18-inch alloy wheels with all-terrain tires. It has uh, side rockers, uh, hood graphics that point, you know, I don't think it's pine trees and stuff, but there's outdoor-specific accessories that you can... This is meant for the wild, kind of, anyway, at least to tap into that. I found this to be 
Even with the all-terrain tires, though, it was kind of a blast to drive around town. I, I liked it a lot. Certainly when you have that kind of horsepower, 250 plus horsepower in a vehicle of this size, you have some, and you have the Mazda suspension tuning that is uh, world-renowned. What's your kind of overall take on CX-50 and, and what you expect out of this? It is interesting that Mazda offers so many different variants of these vehicles, and this, the CX-50 is not alone. You mentioned they but they typically offer a naturally aspirated and turbocharged engine and then several configurations with both of them. So uh, it's interesting they're able to maintain that that level of product diversity. Uh, but the CX-50 specifically uh, is a great-looking vehicle. The interior looks fantastic. I like what they've done with the styling on this. Um, I do think that it is a little odd that they have such an off-road-oriented trim, given that it is such a an agile, fun, smooth, refined on-road vehicle. But, uh, you know, that's the way they started pitching it at the beginning. And some people have been able to get off-road and, and prove that it's quite capable. But uh, for the most part, they did a really good job with the styling, the uh, interior, and the driving experience, like I said. Yeah, all those things are terrific. And, uh, you know, that's available in all the CX-50s. It does have reasonable off-road chops. I, I drove this, I think, at the launch, you know, several years ago, a couple of years ago now, maybe three years ago, off-road. And it acquits itself quite well. Uh, it's not a Jeep, <laughs> you know, it's not a, a Land Rover, uh, but it still does a, a good job out there. At the same time, on road, this was a blast. And again, uh, if it's a blast with all-terrain tires, I can imagine what it might be like with summer tires and, and kind of uh, tricked out for that kind of driving, which I think is probably more appropriate for this. And I think you'd probably agree with me, Chris, that a lot of manufacturers is just trying to tap into this outdoor adventure look without necessarily backing it up totally with the chops. Yeah, there are a lot of vehicles that are kind of the soft rotors that have, you know, they have somewhat beefier tires, maybe all-terrain tires, maybe a little bit more ground clearance, uh, but people buy it for the look and the fact that they, they could go off-road if they wanted to. Uh, but it's good to know that the CX-50 is legitimate and does and can actually hold its own in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, I liked it a lot. And, I, you know, I like that handy-sized vehicle. A lot of utility out of it, a lot of safety. So good, good stuff. So two really cool vehicles, including the vehicle that you you has a, <laughs> a smile on your face about, uh, which is the GR Corolla. Yeah, congratulations on, on getting Thank you. one of those. And uh, CX-50, worth looking at, $40,000, a lot of money for a vehicle of this size, but it's got a lot of interesting aspects to it, so look for that. And when we come back, we will be speaking with Cody Wilhide. He's the Toyota truck marketing manager, expert on the all-new Toyota Tacoma, their mid-sized pickup truck that kind of rules the roof. So stay with us for that, and we'll be back right here on America on the Road. I got this letter from a reader the other day, and I thought I'd share it with you. I'm on vacation on the beach in Key Biscayne and just finished reading Dance in the Dark. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great plot and twists I never saw coming. You're really good at creating visual images. Congrats. You made my vacation all that more enjoyable. This is just the kind of feedback an author loves to hear. I'm Jack Nerad, host of America on the Road and the author of Dance in the Dark, a crime novel inspired by true crime. Many have told me that Dance in the Dark has all the realism of fatal photographs, my true crime account of the famous bathing suit model murder case. That's great to hear because Dance in the Dark is filled with suspense, plot twists, and surprises. But at the same time, it's a believable story in the tradition of writers like James M. Cain, Jim Thompson, and Elroy Leonard. Dance in the Dark is available in paperback and Kindle ebook form from Amazon.com. And it's available direct from the publisher EMLancy.com as well. If you have a chance, please look for it. If it makes your vacation better, we'll both be happy. That's Dance in the Dark by Jack Arney Red at Amazon.com or EMLancy.com. Thanks for giving it a look. 
Welcome back, everybody, to America on the Road. Thanks for back with you. And we have a terrific guest for you. Cody Wilhide is a marketing manager for Toyota Trucks and an absolute expert on the Toyota Tacoma. He's with us to talk about that. Number one, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's uh, so good to talk to you about this truck. It's it's not every day that we get a new pickup truck, right? I mean, kind of an all-new from ground up kind of pickup truck. Certainly the Tacoma has been the 800-pound gorilla in this segment for years and years and years, you know, probably for as long as you've been alive and pretty much as long as I can remember. Tell us a bit about that, how, how dominant the truck has been. Well, as you mentioned, I mean, we've been, uh, you know, the top in the segment for about 20 years now. Um, and right now we're about to launch our third generation. Uh, we're very excited. And like you said, it's all new from the ground up. You know, a segment that had kind of fizzled out for a while and one that we really took a pretty dominant share in has really heated up recently. Uh, with some, you know, revised competitor uh, products from Ford and GM. But uh, we're feeling pretty good about where we're at right now with the all-new model uh, that just went on sale for gas models and hybrid models that will be coming out uh, in April. But like I said, it's all new from the ground up. We have an amazing chief engineer, Sheldon Brown, who eats, sleeps, and breathes Tacoma. He pours his heart and soul into this truck. And, um, you know, if you've seen out there some of the clips and some of the, you know, things that media is saying about it, it's it's a pretty awesome truck designed to be the ultimate adventure machine and really match, you know, capability wise, what our owners and what our uh, potential buyers are looking for in a midsize pickup. Right. A, a lot of uh, brands abandoned the midsize segment for a while. Now some have waded back into the pool. Toyota stayed the course and I think uh, profited from that. And certainly the Tacoma was a dominant pickup even before they had uh, left, but th- that left kind of the field open for you. When you have a, a a vehicle that's that dominant, I mean, probably the inclination is not to change it very much. How do you go about changing something that's so successful? Well, I mean, it's it's not only a you know an issue of it being so successful too, but such an iconic name in our lineup. It's almost a kind of a, a pressure that you're you're building on, and you know, kind of you know keeping this thing exactly what people. Uh, expect or really exceeding those expectations. So like you said, it would have been easy to kind of rest on what we've done in the past or maybe just do a, a mild refresh. But, you know, with the way our, our truck portfolio is, you know, kind of seen uh, top to bottom refresh and full model changes over the, the last uh, three years, you know, it's an awesome chance for it to get a brand new platform that's shared with the full size trucks as well as Land Cruiser, uh, all new powertrains, including hybrid uh, powertrains. And really set us up pretty well for the future and and do things that far exceed what the current gen tacoma can do so it's not just an fmc i mean we took it as a challenge of really you know take it a step farther than the segment's ever been and i think consumers are really going to see that especially if you're a tacoma driver currently when you go from the current generation to the new one especially you know trd pro and trail hunter models it's it's unlike anything you've driven before with a Tacoma badge, I promise. Yeah, very cool. Walk us through the, the lineup, would you, uh, the, the new lineup and, and what consumers can expect from it? Uh, so for Tacoma right now, you know, starting with the SR, we keep that SR kind of work grade base model truck. I mean, it, it's great if, look, all you need is a basic truck and you want it to work. You want the functionality. We have uh, two different configurations. Uh, we brought back extra cab, which is actually a uh, two door with, some really unique like cargo functionality behind the seats. Uh, fold down passenger seat as kind of a workspace, lockable uh, rear storage and kind of rear panel storage along with a six foot bed. Um, and then we also have our double cab also available on SR. 
uh, two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. And then as you go through the grades, you have your standard kind of SR5, which is really that core model for, you know, a broad uh, variety of people. And, you know, from anybody who just wants a, a midsize pickup to somebody who wants a great platform to just do all their own modifications, it's a perfect truck for that. And then you get into some of the character grades. So, um, you know, one of the mainstays uh, in the lineup, the TRD Off-Road, um, that'll give you all the features like electronic locking rear diff, the uh, multi-terrain select crawl control, stuff like that, all the way up to some of the really cool 3D multi-terrain view monitor stuff and, and really deliver that off-road performance that has to be built into the truck. And then you have some of the TRD Sport models that are a little bit um, less off-road, more trail and even on-road focused, uh, a little bit unique you know, exterior treatments with a lot of body-colored panels some dark badging really nice looking truck. Uh, and then for the first time ever, really limited is, is getting kind of what it deserves and taking a big step in the premium grade. It's not just, you know, uh, an SR5 with uh, a little bit nicer seat. It's, it's a much different experience, a lot, uh, pretty unexpected, I would say, for uh, a truck in this segment, um, all the way from, you know, some of the, the interior treatments to the adaptive variable suspension, even some kind of wood grain trim inside. It's, uh, it's a very nice truck. And then what I would say is making kind of the most headlines right now is the TRD Pro and the all-new Trail Hunter. In the past, TRD Pro has been kind of that halo grade for us. It's done a lot of the heavy lifting from, you know, the, the higher speed or in just technical off-road, even to overlanding. And you have a, a long history of off-road with this Absolutely. vehicle. I mean, this vehicle is an off-road icon, icon, really. Yep. And so, like, Pro's done a lot of that heavy lifting in a, a multitude of segments, but now with Trail Hunter, we're able to really kind of focus both of those two trucks where Pro is more Baja inspired, kind of hearkening to the, the Ivan Stewart uh, Baja legacy, whereas Trail Hunter is really focused on just overlanding and building in some really cool parts from um, some amazing brands like ARB, Old Man Emu, Rigid, uh, built into the design. These aren't accessories that are added on. These were completely designed into the frame of the vehicle from steel rear bumper, uh, chassis components, the shocks, lighting, to really give it that turnkey overlanding package that, you know, we know a lot of people can build themselves and they, they will continue, but it's kind of a, a daunting uh, segment, if you will, to get into and know <laughs> right. what to do and what to buy and modify your truck with. So this is a, a really great package that gives you everything you need right from the dealership. Well, and I love that too. I mean, I, I love the fact that a, a, a brand, a trusted brand like Toyota is standing behind all that stuff too. When you start adding aftermarket stuff to a vehicle, uh, a lot of times there's some iffiness to that. Uh, it's certainly not developed the way uh, Toyota would go about developing a lot of these products. I, I've got to believe that's been my experience over 40 years of looking at this stuff. So a uh, great opportunity, I think, for people to get a turnkey kind of situation there. Yeah. Hundred percent, and it's you know, it's it's backed by our warranty built into the truck. But then we also have uh, a full catalog of AAP accessory uh, associated accessory products uh, from a lot of those same brands, you know, ARB, Yakima, where you could take it even further, you know, and get a lot of these accessories right through the dealerships that are branded and rolled into your monthly payment. So you could have that Trail Hunter. You can upfit it with full bed rack, a uh, full fridge, and you know, uh, rooftop tent. And go right out there, all from right from the dealership. It's pretty awesome. Let's talk about powertrain. Interesting powertrains, I think, this time around. Uh, walk us through that, would you? Yep. So we have uh, two all-new powertrains, uh, gas and hybrid, and they both use the same gas engine as the core. 
It's our, uh, so the standard one is our iForce 2.4 liter turbocharged four cylinder. And that, that has 278 horsepower uh, and 317 foot pounds of torque made to an eight speed automatic or uh, a six speed manual transmission. We do still offer one, which is uh, a bit insane now in a segment and really in the industry in general, we still offer a six speed manual. But, you know, we know one of the biggest complaints about the current or previous generation was the V6 and six speed automatic, whether it's fuel economy or just, you know, the lack of power or torque and some of that gear hunting issue, you know, on the highways, especially in, in kind of some low incline areas even, whereas this new one, this eight speed made it with that, that turbo four, tons of torque down low. And I think people will really be surprised when they drive those back to back, not only how much quicker it is, but really how much more of a premium powertrain and even fun to drive it is compared to the current. And then to step up, we have our iForce Max, which adds uh, a hybrid element to it. So uh, same battery pack and um, electric motor system that's kind of sandwiched between the engine and transmission to deliver some really amazing uh, power and torque. We're at 326 horsepower and 465 pound-feet of torque, which is diesel numbers from 25 years ago, which is amazing, uh, all in a mid-sized truck. And, and with all that power and torque, you know, better fuel economy than the gas mile model too, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think trucks live on torque, right? And, and in both variants of the powertrain, you're providing a very broad torque band. The drivability has got to be a lot better, I, I would think, with both of those powertrains. Oh, 100%. And that peak torque is at 1,700 RPM. So it's right down low, no matter what you're doing. You don't have to you know, really climb the RPM range. It's, it's available whether you're towing or off-roading, super low RPM for you. Let's talk about infotainment a bit. I mean, Toyota's made a big effort to uh, really uh, step up uh, their infotainment systems over the last couple of years. And uh, I'm certain Tacoma is the beneficiary of this. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch to say that we've we've come a long way in the last uh, two or three years with our, our newest generation of 21-year uh, multimedia. So it first debuted on the, the Tundra and Sequoia about two years ago. Um, and, you know, Tundra gets that large 14-inch screen, and that's a full-size truck. And now in Tacoma, in a slightly smaller cabin, you can also get that same um, giant 14-inch screen. It's available 8-inch or 14-inch, but it's a much better system, uh, especially than current gen. has a lot of native apps built into it and just a beautiful touchscreen you know, display. And when we come back, we'll have more from Toyota's Cody Wilhide on the all-new Tacoma pickup. So stay with us. Welcome back to America on the Road with Co-host Christine Gatti with you. And let's continue our interview with Toyota's Cody Wilhide on the all-new Tacoma pickup. You've done some innovative things with this truck. I mean, uh, I think in the extra cab or uh, extended cab kind of situation, you've, you've gone away from a, a second row seat and uh, kind of configured it the right way in, in, in a lot of ways. I talk about the rationale to eliminate that kind of truncated seat that used to be back there and, and make that a... A cargo compartment. Well, we know that the people that are getting, you know, the midsize trucks in general aren't using their back seats that much. I mean, that's that's something that's more uh, seen in the full size pickup arena. So, you know, the people that were buying these access cabs, we knew from the start whether it's double cab or access cab, the usage was pretty limited anyway. But if you've ever sat in one of those jump seats or the tiny back seats, <laughs> oh, I have. The they're, they're, cab, they're brutal. It, yeah, it's not a good place to be. So. You know, rather than, you know, take the penalty or the passenger weight penalty uh, in that rear area, people are using that, that area for storage. 
So why not build it out for them for that? So building in cubbies inside kind of what used to be the door panels, having uh, lockable storage on the actual floor and then the actual rear panel where it, it folds down and you have molly panels along the back. Uh, and then that's also lockable. I mean, it's giving them what they're actually using the truck for. That's that's what a lot of this redesign was, uh, was really just tailoring to what do people use these trucks for and let's build it for them. And so while most of the industry is going to double cabs for everything, we're adding, you know, uh, bringing back the extra cab name, adding this, you know, super functional uh, cabin configuration and, and, you know, giving them more of what they actually use every day. So Yeah, I mean, that lockable storage in a pickup truck uh, is often at a premium, and uh, you've configured that the right way, I think. It's pretty cool stuff. What are some of the other things you've done with this truck that uh, most excite you, you, where as a marketing guy, you really think, oh, I, you know, I got something special here? I mean, I go to the, the TRD Pro. I, I'm a huge uh, TRD fan and TRD Pros especially. And, you know, it's it's really easy to to look at some of these trucks and say, hey, you know, this one's for, you know, high-speed Baja and this one's for overlanding. But, you know, the trucks are identical. And that's something that, you know, from a marketing perspective, we've been blessed that everything that we want to say, we have a truck to actually match it. You know, we're not creating a story for it. This is what it's designed for. And with Pro, you know, we've taken it a step farther. Now we have you know the hybrid iforce max powertrain with 326 horsepower 465 pound-feet of torque it's a quick truck it's a ton of torque that it's great for off-roading it's also just a quick truck and a lot of fun but we have uh, a new generation of fox suspension with the qs3 adjustable dampers and then a new layer on top of that we have this new isodynamic performance seats so the two front seats actually have a shock system built into the seats so it's not just built for Baja from a typical perspective of, you know, the, the, you know, chassis and everything. It has an ad- additional layer of a seat suspension, which is also air adjustable. It's uh, controls uh, vertical and lateral motion. It's awesome. And, you know, the first time uh, uh, testing it out and going some you know, high speed uh, jumps and some off-road areas, it's the real deal. It's really cool. And from a marketing perspective, to see some of the interior shots and then you see this super cool looking seat. It's, it's a gold mine. I mean, it's exactly what you want because it's, it's something new and it's segment first, even industry first built into our, our 24 Tacoma, which is just awesome. Can't wait for people to try it out. Walk us through uh, pricing a little bit. I mean, obviously don't take us through each grade because you probably have something like 15 or 20 of them, but uh, you know, walk is kind of from end to end, you know, what, what can buyers expect? Yep. So our starting price, uh, our base price is 31.5, and that's where you get into our SR grade um, access cab or uh, extra cab two wheel drive. Um, then to step up to what I would say is kind of our core volume model is our SR5, and that's right around 36,200. So that's our, our iForce uh, gas engine. That's where you're getting the, the full output, 278 horsepower. And you're also seeing fuel economy of um, you know, 21, 26, which is pretty awesome. And that's where I would say you're, you're getting a lot of flexibility with option packages. So there's a lot of room you know, to grow with the different options there. Bumping up just a, a slightly to their, our TRD pre-runner grade. That's right at 38,100. That's uh, access cab only in a really cool kind of what we would call a character grade. You're getting a lot of really cool styling, uh, but also off-road features on a two-wheel drive extra cab. Uh, and then to get into our uh, what I would say our character grades are TRD Sport uh, and TRD Off Road. 
Um, you're looking at 39,400 for TRD Sport. That's double cab, two wheel drive, and then TRD off road right at 41,800. So, really good deal with the features that you're getting in those. Um, Sport a little bit more appearance, but still a very capable truck. Off roads where you're you know, four wheel drive only, you're getting the Bilstein uh, shock system, which is even more capable than what the the previous generation Pro was. You have a lot of flexibility from options uh, with upgrade package all the way up to premium where you're getting a lot of the camera features. Um, and then when you're stepping up to that premium truck, that limited grade, uh, it's right at about 52,000. And that's where you're getting all the features from soft text to the premium audio, the screen, adaptive suspension. So it's, it's a really nice truck uh, and definitely feature packed. And that's kind of new frontier for you a bit, isn't it? I mean, to have such a, a luxurious version of a mid-sized truck like the Tacoma. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's it's not just a kind of SR5 with a different badge and maybe a chrome wheel anymore. This is a it's it was engineered to be a surprisingly premium experience. Whether it's the NVH, um, just the you know the seats. Uh, even down to the the power running boards that fold out whenever you open the doors, like it, it's a it's a very nice truck. It seems like midsize trucks, and not only are they priced like uh, full size trucks used to be, but they also have capabilities like full size trucks and kind of a, a a more ready substitute, I think, for a full size truck. They're garageable. That's an important factor. Uh, talk a bit about the potential. Uh, in the mid-sized truck range. Yeah, and I think, like you had mentioned, for, I would say, a long time, it was seen that, you know, you had to, to get a, a very capable truck, you could get a mid-sized truck, but to get that uh, in a nicer package that's also very livable and drivable every day, you had to get a, a full-size truck for that experience. But, you know, now we're we're kind of getting the best of both worlds, as you mentioned. It's many more features inside the tech, uh, still that same capability and ability to, you know, whether you're hauling or towing up to 6,400 pounds with this truck. But then really where you know, we hear a lot of consumers telling us why they love midsize trucks is the size. So much easier to park and live with every day. And one of the big uh, emphasis areas for this truck was keeping that garage ability. So um, from tip to tip, it's the same length uh, for comparable um, double cab five foot bed. And, you know, one of the things we heard as far as width wise was, you know, you want to be able to garage it and be able to actually open your doors, unlike when you have a full-size truck, if you can even fit it in there lengthwise. But the truck, um, it's actually three inches wider track width uh, from comparable grade to comparable grade for this generation. Um, and then the TRD Pro and Trailhunter are even three inches wider than that. But that width was actually done in the track width where it, if you look at a top view, it actually narrows into the center where the doors are. So it keeps that garage ability and being able to open your doors in a garage uh, or in a tight parking space while still giving you the benefits and stability and driving uh, dynamics of a wider track. So it's really cool engineering that went into that and a huge emphasis on, again, keeping those dimensions uh, for that midsize characteristic and driving that people enjoy. Yeah. Well, sounds very sensible. Can't wait to get in the various variants and uh, drive them and, and give reports on that. And uh, Cody Wilhide, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate all your insight in the new Toyota Tacoma. Thanks for being with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. And uh, hopefully you get out and enjoy a new Tacoma. Yeah, I look forward to it. And that was our interview with Toyota's Cody Wilhide on the all-new Tacoma pickup. Our thanks to Cody for joining us. What's going on at yourtestdriver.com, Chris? 
We have some exciting things going on, actually, Jack. In combination with the fact that I just bought a GR Corolla, we're going to be swap. We're going to be moving into some product testing more than just vehicles, and we're going to be expanding into videos. So we're going to be doing TikToks, Instagram Reels, short uh, YouTube Shorts. I think it's called. Um, we're going to start with the Bridgestone Blitzack tires. We're going to move into some radar detectors and dash cams. Uh, we have some dog accessories. I'm very excited to test those with my 90-pound Golden Doodle, uh, who is staring at me now because I said dog. Uh, but in any case, yeah, very exciting stuff and videos coming up. So it should be a very uh, fun year for us as your, your test driver. Yeah, look at that, yourtestdriver.com, bookmark it. Go there, see what's going on with Chris. Uh, if you're on the Internet, uh, you might want to check out Amazon for my uh, most recent book, Dance in the Dark, a crime thriller inspired by true crime. If you like America on the Road, and we hope you do, please listen on this radio station each week and pass it along to somebody who would like to listen to the show. Let them know uh, on which radio station you listen to the show when it airs. Very often it's on a Saturday morning, right? And uh, there are podcast versions of the show, right, Chris? Yes, if you go to the sportsmapradio.com website, uh, on the Saturday morning schedule, you can find our show and you can find our podcast as a recorded show on all the major platforms, as well as a radio formatted version of the show. And if you choose us on the major platforms, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us out and helps get us in front of other people who uh, would like to come along for the ride. Yes, we would appreciate that very much. And we much appreciate you listening to America on the Road. We appreciate the Sports Map Radio Network stations that carry the show. And as we say, we most appreciate you listening. You can choose from a lot of different podcasts and, and shows to listen to. We're honored that you've listened to us, and we hope you join us again next time for another edition of America on the Road. Inner peace, self-respect, emotional fulfillment. Are you finding these worthwhile goals difficult to achieve? Are you looking for success and satisfaction in your job but not finding it? Are you thinking about starting a business but don't know what will set it apart from all the others? You can continue to struggle on your own, or you can unleash the undeniable power of the GR Factor. I'm Jack Arney Red, host of America on the Road. For years, I've found success in business and in my personal life by using the concepts I outline clearly in my book, The GR Factor. Your best self is inside you right now, just waiting to be unleashed. Inspiring all that is the best in you, the GR Factor will guide your journey, elevate your game, recast your relationships, and transform your daily life. If you want to change your life for the better, read The GR Factor. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at emlancy.com. That's The GR Factor by Jack Arney Red. Thanks for checking it out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.